The Somatic Scribing Lab brought together 30 facilitators, scribes, artists, body workers, counselors, and teachers who are putting the sensing back into sense making. We gathered for 12 weeks in the fall of 2021 to build on the fields of cultural somatics and generative scribing and reconnect to ancient practices for harvesting body wisdom, all in service of our collective liberation. We can't do this alone. So to share what we're learning with our friends and community, we present the Somatic Scribing Podcast. Each episode features a conversation between lab mates, reflecting on what the fertile lab container is teaching us. Sessions and episodes are organized by rhythms of the body, birth, breath, digestion, rest, eros, and death. My name is Kate Morales, and I'm serving in the role of womb space for this collective Selma. Settle in, and welcome. We affirm that the land remembers the blood in our veins, the bones of our body. Today, in the week leading up to our very first lab session, I'm sitting down over Zoom with Robin Crane for this and episode zero of sorts. Robin has been helping me through the gestation period of the lab creation story, and neither of us have ever produced a podcast. So what follows is a humble and sometimes awkward intro of somatic scribing and what we'll get up to in the lab. For this conversation, I'm calling from Muscogee Territory, and Robin is on Huchin Ohlone land. So thanks for having this conversation with me, Robin. We, um, I wanted to talk to you because we were doing a lot of prep conversations before the start of the lab, and um, it's one of your special gifts to ask people really probing questions. And so rather than me trying to explain the lab, I thought we could have a little combo about it. Mm, little probe party. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I'm excited about this. So I'm gonna kick it to you because you've done your homework and started us off with <laughs> some questions. Yeah, it has been such a joy and pleasure to see this little baby uh, incubate and have many a brainstorm, many a walk and talk and see how it's taken shape on many a post-it note on your wall. So I was looking back in my own little retrospective of that arc and how it's grown and how the vision has taken shape. And, you know, I was tempted. I was like, do I just ask you what somatic scribing is? I mean, people need to know, but we don't want to put the baby in a box, um, as I say. So maybe like pre-somatic scribing lab, baby, what do you feel like this is in response to? You know, you've been doing scribing work, facilitation work, movement work, all these different words we could use for the work you've been doing um, that haven't been somatic scribing. 
and you are seeing gaps, you are seeing maybe you're causing problems. And yeah, curious what made you feel like there was a need for this for this lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have been sitting at this intersection for a minute. I am a scribe as my job. And from that field, which is um, a new field, it's a contemporary social art practice, I started feeling like it was a problem that there's no historical, there's no origin story. It's a field with a kind of origin story out of the 80s. Um, from some white folks in California. And as I started doing some unrelated research about my ancestral lineages, I found Tlacuiloyi, um, which is um, a pictorial, ideographic, pictographic writing system of the Nahua people, and realized that uh, the history of what we do goes back a lot farther than what we are labeling it as in the gap in between the history and what is the contemporary practice um, was colonization. And so part of the lab is to reconcile with some of the epistemicide or the ways that people's, the ways that people know things and create knowledge have been systematically and violently erased. I wanna um, address that and do some of the healing work that um, require, that's required to do this work in a good way. And the somatics intersection, I've been a student of cultural somatics with Tata Hasumi, Derso Hay, and Resma Manikam for the past four-ish years. And when I started understanding that somatics, soma, the soma is the body, and when I started understanding that cultural somatics is looking at the cultural body, um, it just clicked for me that scribing is a way for the cultural body to see its own contours and shapes, and that there's so much potential that we could be accessing if we started considering our work as these sort of diagnostics of what the cultural body is. Mm. Diagnostics. Yeah. Will you say more about what you mean? And, and you've talked before about naturopathy and different ways to understand what's up with the cultural body and what spirits are in the room. And I'm sure there are many stories you could tell of like the conventional way that scribing is done. And you're there like listening to, um, yeah what's up in the room and probably having diagnostic thoughts but that's not like that's not like the way that this quote-unquote new field has been uh culturated uh, so yeah curious like what's up for you in those moments where you're like oh if i'm just a scribe i'm not doing x and such thing that i feel like needs to be done right now well, I have to say that I'm not a naturopath. Um, it's definitely aspirational that, that scribing can serve as cultural naturopathy, where not only are we 
making record of and visualizing the shape and contours and some of what's in the cultural body, but we're also using the graphics in a naturopathic way to make sort of slight homeopathic adjustments towards better wellness. That's something that I think is exciting about what the potential of somatic scribing can be and why I've invited a lab and rather than like a course or a, a lecture series um, because it's a frontera that I think we are exploring together and that I'm seeing lots of people using different language to start understanding. Um, for folks maybe who come from more of a movement perspective who are looking at narrative strategy, you know, of how to impact change through controlling the narrative. I think that body metaphors are useful because when we start understanding that not only is there a collective consciousness kind of just floating around in space, but that our consciousness is, is in the brain and also a really complex nervous system that is capable of knowing things from lots of different sensations and senses and some of the senses that we don't necessarily think about as primary senses like intuition or dreaming or um, other ways that we know things that maybe have gotten lost through colonization. But when we look at the cultural soma when we use that metaphor, we can understand that trauma lives in the body and that oppression in the cultural body is both traumatizing and, the and, and trauma itself. And so I think that that can be a really valuable um, narrative shift for people who are trying to affect social change from a lot of different perspectives. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just thinking of so many moments where I wish you were in the room or someone who is in this, this intersection of somatics and scribing or somatics and visual practicing. So many moments where I feel like that pause is really needed when, you know, there is only one way of knowing or like worship of the written word moments or things like that. Um, I'm not thinking of any examples right now. I don't know if you are, but I feel like, yeah. Well, you you're know? in the lab. Well, you're in the lab, and you're not a scribe. You are a facilitator. I'm wondering what made you say yes to this shape. Like, if somatic scribing is a a gravity field, not it doesn't necessarily have borders or, or is a box, but if we consider it like a gravitational field, you found resonance in it. So I, I'm curious what drew you. Yeah, one of the like, I mean, it's a very mysterious. I don't pretend to know what caused me to the gravity field. And have some guesses around like the way my brain is understanding it right now is um 
in the world of people trying to visualize things, like with animation, there are these stories that we try to put visuals to. You hear a voice and you're like, hmm, what does this look like? Okay, let me make a visual. It's a imagination muscle, but often it's not. It's not the like free imagination muscle that it could be and the free imagination muscle that we need to imagine, you know, the world we all want and need to thrive. It's more so the muscle of like, what is the visual language that we've, that the most people know, AKA we've like inherited from capitalism and oftentimes advertising and um, these symbolic languages like hands grabbing each other means cooperation or things like that. And all the metaphors in there that like the more and more I started hearing from you and realizing how little I was able to even be aware of the metaphors I was using and the language I was using and how the systems we're trying to decompose are like baked into those metaphors. It was one of those like, oh, geez, like there's a lot that I'm not even aware of here in the visual language I'm using. And then how like all that visual practitioner stuff might meet and be informed by like the ability to sense story and meaning through my body first and then channel that into visuals. I'm really curious about that question. I really have no idea. But from the first session, it feels like there's a lot of other people coming from either the facilitation route or the or whatever route they're coming from who are curious about like what happens when we're creating from a place of like sensing in our body instead of thinking in our head like, oh, what's the visual symbol for this? Um, I personally have been stuck there in my head. So I'm really curious what all these somatic folks are up to in terms of meaning making through the body. Yeah, I really resonate with that. And you, you had asked me earlier if there's any hypotheses that we're bringing to the lab to be tested. And I was, as I was listening to you sharing that, I mean, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but I feel like I'm in a lot of spaces and, and communities where people are getting tired of trying to imagine or vision or think through our, think our way through into the new world. And because our imaginations have been colonized, we're kind of just hitting a wall and looking for other inroads to, um, to how we know things. And so I think my hypothesis is that with scribing and with cultural, like a cultural somatic lens of understanding a, a, a culture or a cultural body that we're already a field of, of, of practitioners who are using writing systems, like 21st century writing systems that are really expansive. So they include pictures, they include the the culture that we make, 
like all kinds of culture that we make. Like this moment is a shift from lots of people moving from the identity of artist to culture creator. So my hypothesis is that we're already using new forms of um, epistemology, like how we know things um, that are not necessarily rational or from our heads. And I wanna make that work explicit and explicitly decolonial um, because I think we're already doing that. Um, and so that makes it feel a little bit easier. And as a lot of folks who've already started speaking into the lab have said, you know, it's work that gets to be playful and not take itself too seriously and maybe take a lot of back roads and, and, and end us somewhere where we're surprised at what we find. Yeah, it's gonna be a windy one. And in these hypotheses, are there like ways you imagine testing them or different experiments that you hope to do? Like what are some of your curiosities around what we're gonna be experimenting with? Well, there's two tracks. There's a scribing track and a somatics track. And the folks in the scribing track are gonna be tracing their own ancestral lineages of writing systems, like non-alphabetic writing systems and reclaiming some of those and pulling those forward so that we're not necessarily just inventing from nothing and that we're really getting to rely on some of the, the wisdom that maybe has been, needs recovering. So that'll be, that'll be some of the intentions for that track. And this, this, the somatics track is gonna do a really deep dive into metaphors and understand with a little bit more intention how we hold space as facilitators and teachers and counselors and um, body practitioners. Um, how we use our language to uh, reflect back to, to the culture, what is there, what we're seeing. Um, and as the lab goes on, we'll be merging those tracks more and more and more, and hopefully get to a point where um, what ends up coming is through each of our own practices and everybody's practice will get to interact with another person's practice and we'll get to do a lot of weaving. I don't know what's gonna happen at the end. You know, I have a vision for, <laughs> um, for the general path and the, the, the exciting, one of the exciting parts for me is that we're also gonna be tracking ourselves as a cultural Soma. So the 30 of us that are in the lab will be taking a look at our embodiment rhythms. And so our sessions are organized around um, one cycle of lots of different types of body rhythms like breathing or digesting, resting, bathing. We start with birth, we end with death. So that'll be another little pocket where we'll, um, we'll get to make some art and, and make meaning about it after we make it. Ooh, happy birthday, lab. <laughs> and why 
did you feel, I remember when you drew, when you first drew the swirl, it looked like a little intestine track from the, the birth to the death. And yeah, the cycle, the quill opening. I'm wondering why it felt important, it feels important for this group to become a body like I've heard you name that a couple of times of like we're gonna track ourselves as a body we're gonna become a body cultural soma however you want to phrase it like how do you see that happening and why do you feel like that's important for a group to do well 90% of the meetings that I'm in are very content heavy and if we imagine the content that we take in, like food or breath, there's a real um, imbalance of what we take in and then what we digest and release. And as a culture, I want that to change. I want there to be a better understanding about what we actually have the capacity to take in and to pay attention to what we're taking in and be able to make choices when we take in things that aren't good for us or that are harmful to our bodies. And the kind of why, like the bigger why, to me really is rooted in our collective liberation, um, which I find a lot of access to from a body perspective because there's so many things about our culture that can hijack me out of my full presence into a reactive, you know, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, foe state. And I've found that the work of attenuating closer to what is happening in my body gives me more choices for how to react when. Um, I'm encountering something that feels too much or um, some way harmful. So I know that liberation is a really big concept and it can look like a lot of things for a lot of people and, and it can feel abstract or um, impractical maybe, but that's one small slice of the imperative of <laughs> of collective co-liberation is to, is to have more choices when we're met with hard things so that we can um, be orienting towards a horizon of good health with ourselves and with each other. Mm -hmm. It does feel like lab versus course is a place where more choices can happen and more but just in the spirit of experimentation, people can stay in their agency and in the spirit of becoming a body. <laughs> um, we can all be about discerning what our different roles are and different decisions being made as we hold it together. And yeah, are there like ways you hope for other people to like bring certain things as that people are like discerning what their role is in this body and yeah how do, I've heard you say things about how like it's you're not just the teacher of a course like there's a different thing 
happening. So where are you hoping happens when other people are bringing their magic? And these two groups of people that are like very rarely in conversation. I mean, the groups are very porous boundaries, but these quote unquote like fields as capitalism would want to see them. I've never seen them in conversation together. So I imagine like that within that, lots of different individuals will be bringing things in th and that conversation will start to happen across the different tracks. Do you have any like imaginings of how that might happen? Well, you're my teacher about the importance of roles. I feel like you have said a number of times in a way that's really stuck with me that roles create belonging in a system. And that has really informed the invitation for people to show up to the lab as um, having something meaningful to share. And maybe this can be a good way that we close because I want to honor what we just spoke about of having digestion time, not just uh, content time. So my answer is that I am blissfully surrendering to the magic of what people are bringing and how those things might weave. And what has allowed me to release what otherwise might feel like a desire to shape or control the outcome uh, has been considering this an artist, an art practice where, you know, if rarely do we make art if we know the outcome of what we're making, like it's kind of not the point. Um, so that's, that feels shaping and and also my animist somatics practice uh, kind of teaches to distribute intense sensation into a really wide web of relations. So, so it's just felt really good to invite the people in who have felt called into a really lovingly crafted container and to do the grounding work of setting up an altar and acknowledging the land that we each are on and the beings that we cohabitate with that allow us to exist and the ancestors who've, um, who've survived and passed on their wisdom that we'll be each bringing into the container and our peers and our teachers, and we're a really small group, but we're a really wide web of relations. And I have a lot of uh, trust in, in our ability to resource from that wider web. And um, so maybe we can just close with a little bit of an acknowledgement. Normally we start with, with a sort of land acknowledgement and a little bit of a body grounding, but um, if you don't have anything else to add, maybe we can just close with, with a little gratitude for that wider web. I feel super excited about the webby closing and I feel super excited to hear just your one quick body answer of what you feel like the shape 
of the lab is if your body was to communicate it. And I feel like you can do this with your body if you want and describe it to us. Mm. Shape of the lab as is coming through my body today, this evening, um, is fat. It's weighted. It's got a porous periphery. There's a lot of flow happening at the edges. And there's seeds on the inside. It kind of, I don't know if my body actually looks like this, but what I'm imagining my body looking like is a pomegranate with its mouth down to the earth. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was picturing a fig with like the fig I ate this morning actually with its skin like ripping on the on the edges as it like sags down and it's weighty seediness and the edges of the skin are kind of like cracking open in its own juices oh wow (laughs) yeah it's erotic folks it's it's erotic work to reconnect with with life (laughs) Biggie and pomegranate, for sure. Wow, such fertility metaphors. Did you say fertility? Fertility. I didn't, but that's good. Yeah, I said fert- fertility. <laughs> but um, there's a place in the world for fertility. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna close us out with. I'm turning inwards into my body and I'll invite you to do the same to just a little scan some acknowledgement some vows of gratitude to these good good bodies even the places that might feel a little bit uncomfortable or um, places that might be giving us all kinds of feedback when we give those parts our attention. We'll rest our awareness into the cradle of our pelvis. There's so much life happening all the time. Pick out Maybe a positive and maybe a neutral sensation there that we can just rest into for a few moments. Might be some warmth or a tingle, gurgle. Could be the sensation of gravity kind of lovingly tugging us down towards the earth. We'll let our attention fall, sink down into the earth with with that gravity. Taking a moment to acknowledge all of the life that's below our feet. 
the subterranean ecologies of fruits, mycelium, the composters, decomposers, the seeds that are getting ready to crack open, the bones of the ancestors, sending our blessings and acknowledgement to the indigenous peoples of the lands that each of us are on. peoples of the past, present, and future. We'll just take a moment to witness and be witnessed by our field of relations in this living world that we're a part of. From the elements, the wind and the waters, earth and the fire. The trees and plants are breathing air with us. Our animal kin, our fungal kin, And you can just notice if there's any changes in that pelvic cradle as we're witnessed by and as we witness this wider web of relations. And I'll just close with some gratitude for all these beings, for all beings everywhere. May you be well. Hmm. Thanks for checking out this episode zero of the podcast. I invite you to stay in touch. Stay in touch. Stay in touch. We're going to be a little mini series as we go through the lab together and would love to um, hear from the wider web as we, as we learn together. All right, bye for now. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about upcoming workshops and all things somatic scribing on my website as thecrowfliesdesign.com or by following me on Instagram at crowcamino, that's C-R-O-W-C-A-M-I-N-O. Music for this podcast is from the album Black Shaman by our lab mate, multidisciplinary artist and healing practitioner, Neith Sankofa. You can check the show notes for all that info and be in touch. We'd love to hear from you.